All right, so the last few weeks we've been talking about the ministry of Jesus, preaching to the lost world, teaching, keeping the saved saved, healing, serving, the ministry of Jesus, starting to ramp up. Gets kind of overwhelming. Kind of like, oh my gosh, look what's happening. Look at all this different stuff that's going on in Jesus' ministry. And in some ways, it's probably very similar to us now. It's like, look at all the different things that are going on. Already this year, it's mid-February, and oh my gosh, I'm still recovering from last year. And as a church, you know, sending out Lubbock. You know, the, the full-time leadership and another group going out there and new students and, and uh, singles and marrieds moving to the Lubbock Church. And then, you know, we still are, are helping out College Station. And now we're having plans for, for Corpus Christi and Norman. And then we want to have a new Bible talk here and a new Bible talk there. And In fact, my group, uh, the family group that I'm a part of, we split up into two Bible talks. Now we have a Bible talk in like the Highland Village, Hickory Creek area, and now a new one in Argyle. And it's like, oh my goodness. It's just, there's always something going on. You know, and certainly we want the Dallas church to be a giving church, a church that's focused on, you know, certainly meeting our needs and are trying to help us to walk the life of a disciple, but then also to be, it has to be outward focused. And if we are not outward focused as disciples, bottom line is we're not going to make it. That's just the bottom line. When you start navel gazing, you stopped. And most of us don't have pretty navels. And so imagine the, remember, imagine the disciples of Jesus, the miracles, the crowds, the wonder, the misunderstandings, the challenges, the hard words. It had to have been overwhelming because Jesus' ministry was starting to ramp up, teaching, preaching, healing. You know, I can imagine the disciples looking, watching. How is Jesus going to deal with it? You kind of wonder, maybe wonder sometimes, how do we deal with issues? You know, what's the appropriate way? You know, part of it is teaching. You know, part of it is getting in there and, and helping us and, and, and focusing on the Word and giving us opportunities. For instance, public service announcement. Those of us who are married, have you signed up? Are you signed up for the marriage retreat? This is a form of teaching. You don't have to stay at the hotel, but you know what? If you're married, you need help in your walk with your spouse. And then that afternoon, later that day at 5 o'clock, we're having a worship service here for all the campus singles and teens. And that's going to be a really exciting service also. Another form of teaching. But you know what? I can just imagine how the disciples felt with all the different things going on much like us here maybe today, with all the different things the church is doing, 
all the different things that are happening in your life, all the things happening in your family's life, all the things we should be at, should do, should be a part of, mercy. How did the disciples, how did Jesus deal with it? And I believe they watched, they looked, and they were seeing how does Jesus deal with these hard times, exciting times. And I believe that they found Jesus often in prayer. Often. A lot. Matthew talks about prayer over 55 times. Luke talks about it almost 30 times. They talk about Jesus praying by himself. Praying at his baptism. Choosing his disciples. Alone with other people. He prayed for the workers. He prayed for Peter. He prayed for us. He prayed for during his betrayal. He prayed when he was on the cross. And see, the disciples during this time, you know, certainly I mentioned a couple things that happened after this, but there were times that the disciples would watch Jesus and see him go pray. And they were like, teach us. Teach us. I want to be like Jesus. Teach us. Do you know that this recorded, the verse we're going to look at here, is the only time that's recorded that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them something. They asked a lot of questions. But those questions never were, teach us. Because there's something about Jesus and prayer, especially that Luke wanted us to understand, but there's something about prayer that the disciples understood that they needed to be taught. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. You know, over and over again, again, we can find examples of Jesus praying, getting by himself, you know, praying with others, praying for others, praying about situations, praying over healings. And the disciples wanted to imitate that. The disciples wanted to pray like Jesus prayed, with confidence, expectation of answers, intimacy during hard times, joyful times, uncertain times. Teach us. You know, they wanted to walk with the Father as Jesus walked with his Father. Teach us. So Jesus gave him a blueprint, a model to follow on how to pray. Teach us. I can just imagine those words coming out of whichever disciple it was. It's like, teach us. I need this. Help me. Help us. So we look at what we call what? Christianity calls the Lord's Prayer. It's actually not the Lord's Prayer. It's actually the Disciples' Prayer. 
This is what disciples do. This is how disciples pray. And what I want to do is I want to spend some time because I believe that if we're going to be engaged in the ministry of Jesus, we're going to get plenty of times that we feel powerless, out of control, alone, frustrated, excited, joyful, and it's always got to lead us back to our knees. Now let's look at Matthew now, chapter 6. Matthew 6, in verse 9, this is the Lord's Prayer, the disciples' prayer, but in Matthew now, and I like this, I like Matthew's writing of it because it, 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 it expounds to it. He writes more than uh, what Luke wrote about the disciples' prayer, and I think it's a little more in-depth, and so I want to take off a of Luke here for a second, go over to Matthew, and I want to read it again because this is our framework. This is our model. This has been given to us by Jesus to help us. Pray like this then. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Pretty similar. But Matthew adds a little bit more of what Jesus said than Luke did. You know, did you, un- did you see the plurality in this prayer? Do you see the plurality that, that Jesus says? He says, our, us, we Our Father, give us, forgive us, as we also forgive, lead us, deliver us. It's not my prayer. It's our prayer. It's not about me. It's about us. Why don't we pray this collectively? Why don't we pray this together? Because that's what it was for, is us. It was we. And we get kind of weird sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. you know, my walk with God, it's it's my personal walk with God. No one's going to (laughs) know. It's just me and God. Well, again, that's our society coming into that. You know, in our our family groups, maybe our family groups should be made known more as prayer groups. Maybe our worship services should be worship prayer services. Maybe when we get together with brothers and sisters, maybe we should spend more time in corporate prayer. Because it's us, it's we, it's our. You know, humor me just for a second. Just, just to push the goes just a little bit. Humor me. Let's read this together. Let's go back to the Matthew chapter 6 for a second. Matthew chapter 6. Let, let's pray. So, all together. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. Lord, deliver us from evil. See, some of you, your background said the evil one. Ah. But it's like, oh, you know, now I'm a Protestant. Oh, my gosh, you know. (laughs) Now I'm a Latin now. Poopery. Now, Jesus, this this is the prayer that Jesus gave us. 
And so I want to take a little bit of time, and I want to I read through this and, and talk about each one of these, these thoughts. Jesus said, he starts this off, he goes, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, I go on my prayer walk, and a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, I, you know, I can pray different ways. I can pray what they call the Acts prayer. You know, you acclaim God, you confess, you give thanksgiving, and then you supplement, you, you hey, God, help me. You know, I, I, you know, I read a lot of things. They say, man, you know, when pray, people pray, all they do is ask, 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 ask. Well, yeah, that's not good. So you've got to glorify God. You've got to claim God. You've got to be open. You've got to confess. Thank God. And then you can put, present your request. Acts. But here, Jesus, he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Father. Now, again, I don't know where you're at in your walk with your father. Some of you might have been all jacked up, and I get that. I've been jacked up. But ultimately, when you understand God, when you understand the Father, you understand that it's an intimate relationship. Luke uses Father 55 times. Your name be holy. The hagiesto. From the word, from the Greek word hagio, hagio, hagiezo, to treat as holy. Honoring, praising, revering, recognition of your power and your glory, worshiping our Father in heaven. You're in heaven, I'm not. Love and submission. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Man, when we go to the Father, it's like, you're my dad. You love me, you care for me, and you're in control. So when we are feeling all the different things that we're going to feel this week, do we walk with our Father? You know, one of my dreams, and you know, call me weird, whatever you want to call me. Die, go to heaven. For a thousand years, I can be content to sit at the Father's feet, listening to the Father, seeing the Father, seeing the multitude, and every once in a while, just reach out and touch his big toe, <laughs> if he's got one. <laughs> but just to reach out and to touch my Father and to listen, I can do that for a thousand years. I get to a point where I want to start talking but you know what? I'd love to be in my Father's presence. Again, he's in heaven, and I'm not. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Jesus talks about the kingdom. A deep desire. A desire for God's kingdom. To be faithfully obedient. Effective in living out the kingdom's values. God's will is being accomplished in heaven. Right now, God wants things done. The angels obey. It's happening right now. And man, you know what? I want it to happen on earth too. In my house. In my neighborhood. In my heart. 
in my relationships? What can I do? How can I live? How can the kingdom come now? And see, there's a recognition and a willingness. A recognition that God's kingdom is coming and is here. And there's a recognition that it's being done in heaven, but not here. And the kingdom disciples are going to be passionate about wanting to glorify God now. How can I change? How can I grow? How can I give? How can I love? Lubbock this. Oklahoma this. Here, stay, go, grow. What can I do? Get in the Bible. Read, pray. Your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. He knows that we need to eat. God knows we need bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Hmm. You know the word daily in the Greek is translated sufficient for today. Give me what I need for today. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about next week. I'm not going to worry about my bank account or what kind of car I drive or how big my house is or maybe if I'm going to be able to pay the water bill. But see, it acknowledges my dependence on God. But also a potential of greed. Oh, I want to gather up a little bit more than I need. Oh, I got to make sure I take care of mine and my own. Oh, I got to go ahead and do this because I'm not sure what's going to happen. And we live in a society of greed. We're surrounded by greed. We surround each other with greed. And see, give us this day. Give us this day our daily bread. Today. That's, this is what I need today. Worry. Greed. See, in Jesus' prayer, he wants us to focus on God and his will and today. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Man, keeps on going. This is a nice prayer. Let's just stop it there. But now he talks about debt and forgiveness and other people. And again, there's, there's this constant reminder of our shortcomings, our moral debts, our spiritual weakness that are always before our Father. I love the quote of Einstein, arguably probably the most intelligent person on, in our last hundred years. And one of his quotes were, every day I stand at the threshold of great ignorance. Guess what? The more you know, the more you realize you don't know. I went to Cairo. I had, I had I, ten, 12 years of university. No, I probably exaggerated there. Okay, I pulled a Brian Williams. All right, all right I'm sorry. All right. I probably got like eight years of university. Nine years. I know nothing. I readily admit, I'm the smartest dumb person you'll ever meet. But you know what? It says our shortcomings, our debts are before God. 
and it recognizes the need for forgiveness. I need to be forgiven every day. Shortness, my temper, my lack of love, my lack of generosity, my lack of spending time, I'm guilty. Guilty. Every day, I need forgiveness. But also acknowledges that God's ability to do that, to, to forgive. I go to a father who loves me that fa- a father can and will give me the forgiveness that I need. Because my sin is before him. But then in turn, we have already forgiven others because we've been forgiven. Now that's the funny thing about this verse. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven. Not will. Okay, God, you forgive me first, then I'll forgive the woman that you gave me. (laughs) You do this for me first, then I'll. Now, I've already forgiven. Can you stand before God? Really, literally, right now. Can you stand before God right now in a clear conscience know that there's nobody that you haven't forgiven, that have sinned against you? That doesn't mean you have to like it, but you've forgiven them. Someone maybe who's lied to you, stolen money, maybe someone who has been deceitful, treated you inappropriately or or rude. I don't know, we can go through the list. Is there anybody? Man, I need to forgive them. Well, see, as disciples of Jesus, we already should have already forgiven them. If we want this forgiveness and we've received the forgiveness as disciples, then you know what? We're living in, a, in an atmosphere of we're always going to forgive, period. And there's no doghouse. There's, you know, I forgive you, bro, but I'm going to keep reminding you of what you did to me. That's not forgiveness. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Help us. Deliver us. Not only from my stupidity, but also from the future. Future situations that could cause me to sin. Lord, don't put me in a situation that I may sin against you. We don't want to sin. We want to do what's right. But we need help to live the life of a disciple. Especially help from evil. That's scary. Evil. There's evil out there. You know, I was listening to the news the other day and and the, and the, and the um, broadcaster, reporter, and he, and he was talking about some of the things that are happening in different parts of the world. And he said, you know, you don't really hear this a lot on news, but, you know, bottom line is, this is evil. It's evil. And I was glad he said that. I mean, you can go talk to maybe one of our police officers here in, in this congregation, in this region and other regions, and say, do you see evil? I guarantee it, they'll say yes. 
But see, that's not the American way. We insulate ourselves from evil. I'm wrapped up in bubble, bubble, whatever wrap. (laughs) And there's no evil around me because I'm insulated from it. But see, we're surrounded by evil. I don't want to be touched by evil. I don't want my family to be touched by evil. I don't want you to be touched by evil. Lord, please. Deliver us from evil. Evil is around us. You know, it's the one thing when we put ourselves in those paths, that's not good. But you know, the evil one will try to take us down that path. Deliver us. Do not let us, do not lead us into that way. And so we have our prayer life. What's our prayer life like? I look at my prayer life as seeing you and seeing me. I go out to talk to God almost every day. I, I try every day and an extended period of time every day. But it's like seeing you and seeing me. You're in heaven. I'm on earth. I need you. Clears my vision of what's really important. Clarifies. It hones in. It helps me. What's really important? It keeps me on, my, on the path to God. Discipleship's tough. It's rough. You know how many roadblocks? You know how many opportunities that Satan, the world, or even yourself will put in your path to keep you from living the life of a disciple? I can't begin to imagine the numerous ways It's overwhelming. But see, prayer keeps us on our path to God. You know, if I had a spiritual survey, and if I asked people who are doing poorly spiritually, one of the first questions I'd probably ask is, how's your prayer life? It's probably non-existent. How's your reading? Probably non-existent. Do I need to say anything else? Enjoy the next few years of your life. You know, Jesus doesn't stop there, though. Now we can stop there and like, oh, man, prayer life, ministry of Jesus, woo, we need to pray. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He keeps on going. Again, he gives another answer to a question from last week. Let's look at Luke chapter 11. Luke 11, now verse 5. And he said to them, which of you, he says this twice, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight, who who will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his imprudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For anyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him The one who knocks, it will be open. 
What father, again, which of you, which father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Which of you? You know, it's written in, in such a way in the Greek that it, it's, the answer is like, duh, nobody. No one's going to do that. See, the bonds of friendship, the bonds of fatherhood, parenthood involve the willingness to be put out for one's friends or children. Because we love, because of the closeness, we're willing to be put out. How much more a loving God, a loving Father. Stay on path, Jesus is saying. The Father loves you. Stay hold to the ministry of Jesus. The Father loves you. Hold on. Beg God, plead to God, open up your heart to God, see your need for God continually in your prayer life. Be close, tight. Stay on the path because the Father loves you. And so Jesus gives us the story of the persistent friend. And I don't want to get into the story like, oh, okay, this is weird. You know, a friend comes and he, he's going to a friend and he needs three loaves and why not some meat, you know? And then, and then his kids are in bed with him. That's weird. And then, you know, it's like, okay, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is that he wasn't going to give his friend what he wanted, but because he was persistent. I'll... Give you what you ask. See, that's a sign of faith. It's a sign of dependency. It's a sign of, man, the only, you're the only one who can meet this need. Again, we've been trained. We're, we're, the, we're the Sesame Street generation. We've been trained eight minutes, eight minutes, eight minutes, eight minutes, eight minutes, eight minutes. That's all we can do. Focus, eight minutes. I'm not going to make my sermons eight minutes. But, you know, we just focus, eight minutes. But perseverance, dependency, oh, that, that, that takes a lot out of us. That's more than we're used to giving. I just want to give eight minutes. Begging, 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 begging. I need you. I need you. I need you. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. And see, the request is going to be answered because of the boldness and the persistence of the friend. See, prayers will be answered. might not be answered in the way you want it to be answered. But it will be answered if it's done in faith. If it's done in persistence. If it's done because you have no other hope. Ask. Make your request to the Father who loves you. Seek. Pursue God. Be persistent, dependent. Knock. How do you knock? 
or do you bang? Boldness with, because of faith, without doubt. See, God gives good gifts. God knows how to love. God knows how to give good gifts when we pray. And then he says he gives to the Holy Spirit. Again, you know, it kills me, this verse. And again, I'm, I, you know, I'm not a theologian, but it's like, you know, if you then, who are evil, I'm like, man, thanks, Jesus. I mean, you know, I'm trying hard to follow you. And you call me evil? There's a point being made here. Yeah. yeah I've shared with you this stupid man story. Yeah. Yeah. So if you know how to give good gifts, how much more your father who loves you? How much more? Oh, man, bang, 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 seek, ask, God, persistence. Because I know where my hope comes from. So Jesus gives them an answer. Teach us. Okay, here's your model. And this is why you should hold to this model. Here's what I want you to do, kind of a framework, and this is why. Pray this way. Now, again, you can go down the street, or you can be in your closet. You can do that. You can pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name, the kingdom come, that will be done, earth and heaven. You can do that, but don't do it rotely. Think about it. My Father, God, Dad, help me. I want your kingdom. I want to do your will. I need help. I love you. Work with me. I want to do this. I need help in this area. And then it's all of a sudden, you know what? This is how I need to do it, with persistence, because I know my Father loves me. Okay, but we're not going to stop here. We're going to look at one more verse. John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Alan only gave me 30 minutes, and so I'm going to go 35, all right? So I'm joking. He gave me 35 minutes, amen. So John 17, verse 20. So this is Jesus, and he's about to die. That's a heady thing when you know you're going to die. And this is his last recorded long prayer. And he's praying for himself. He's praying for the disciples, and guess what? Now he's praying for us. He's in so much pain and suffering, he's, he's dropping blood, sweats of blood, because it's so intense. And so he prays for us. My prayer is not for them alone. He's talking about his disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory and the glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them 
and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. So what's Jesus concerned about? Us giving up? What's Jesus concerned about? Us quitting? That's what he's concerned about. He wants wants us to understand how much he loves the Father and how much he loves us. He wants us to understand why it's so important that we love each other and that we're close to one another. He wants us to understand. He wants us to stay on path because we're on a journey. And it's going to be hard sometimes. And it's going to be exciting sometimes. And it's going to be bewildering sometimes. And it's going to be misunderstanding at times. And we're not going to have all the answers all the time. But stay on path. And you're going to see miracles. You're going to see some pretty cool things happen. Live the ministry of Jesus. Preach to a lost world. Love a lost world. Reach out to a lost world. Teach each other. Keep the saved saved. Engage one another out of love and serve. Serve. Give your best. Give everything that God's given you. But you've got to hold on to God in prayer. Because prayer is the path to God. Watching learning, seeing, teach us. Teach us. Teach me. Help me. So we go to God now in prayer. So we remember Christ in communion. We celebrate his life and are grateful for his sacrifice. So as we come before the Father, we pray that we'll remember Jesus and his love and his sacrifice so that each one of us can understand how much the Father loves each one of us. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Father, our God, we come to you now this time humbled and grateful. God, we do love you. Father, we pray that we will learn how to pray to you in such a way that gives you glory and honor. Father, we pray that we'll pray in such a way that we'll see our dependency on you for our daily bread. That God, that we will celebrate, we'll mourn, we'll love. And that Father, that we'll stay on the path. Father, because we know, again, how much you do care for each one of us. God, we do love you. Thank you again for this time. And it's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.